I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. So this guy, Micah, asks his son to be a priest, and then along comes a genuine, bona fide Levite from the tribe of Levi, meaning he's of the genealogical descent to actually carry out worship, and then he hires him to be his own personal priest. So this guy sells out this priest whose name is not yet known until today's text. He sells out to just do whatever Micah wants. And then the Danites come along and steal everything from Micah, and then they hire the priest too, which is funny because you would think that the Danites would say, hang on a second, if this guy's willing to just follow us for money, then maybe he's not a real priest. They didn't care. They just attributed the power directly to this priest. Now, it's going to be revealed where this guy actually came from, and he has a very esteemed lineage. Here is today's text. Look at Judges chapter 18, beginning in verse 27. After they had taken the gods Micah had made, and the priest that belonged to him, they went to Laish, a quiet and unsuspecting people. They killed them with their swords and burned the city. There was no one to rescue them because it was far from Sidon, and they had no alliance with anyone. It was in a valley that belonged to Beth Rehob. They built the city and lived in it. They named the city Dan after the name of their ancestor Dan, who was born to Israel. The city was formerly named Laish. So let's talk about a couple of lines here in the text. If you're watching this on video, you can see what I'm highlighting. If you don't have access to the video, you can uh, either go to allies.network and find JCM, Jesse Campbell Ministries, uh, or you can uh, probably still find this on YouTube and Jesse Campbell Ministries' YouTube channel. So I want to talk about some of the, the things that are written in this text up at the beginning. Look at the fact that the priest belonged to him. Okay, if your priest belongs to you, you are trying in vain to fool yourself. If your priest is someone that you hire, then you're fooling yourself. Now, that might sound absurd, but it's not too far from the way that a lot of churches view their pastors. They mistake the church for a country club. They mistake their gifts that they surrender financially unto God for country club dues. They mistake the role of the pastor as one who would equip them for ministry as one for whose ministerial services they pay. And if that's the way you view your pastor, you're not likely to receive a rebuke from him. And if that's the way your pastor views himself, he's not likely to be honest with you. If that's the way you view your pastor, then you view him as a service provider whose product you fund with donations that are actually his salary. And if he sees himself like a country club waiter, then he better do what his clients want. And he better never do anything to upset them. But what if they're going off the rails in sin and they need to be upset? You see, he can't faithfully be a steward of the word of God and of you. What if I told you your pastor doesn't work for you? He works for God. And what you gave to your church was given to God. You don't want to own your pastor. You want God to own your pastor. You see, if you have a priest for hire who belongs to you, it's in his best interest, kind of like a corrupt therapist, to never make you upset and keep you coming back and paying. See? There's another thing about this. These people were peaceful. 
It says in verse 27, they were quiet and unsuspecting. The fact that they were like, you know, Canaanite Switzerland ought to have rendered them immune to attack because they're not a threat to anyone. But the way that these corrupt Danites viewed the city of Laish was, oh, they're vulnerable. Let's capitalize on that. Because remember, this is the book of Judges. Everyone's doing what seems right to him. This is relativism right here. People prey upon weaker people because they can. What seems right to them is taking what those peaceful people have by force, not because they've been commissioned to, but simply because they want to. And there's no leadership. Men are acting like men. They're acting like cowards. They're acting like looters. They're all driven by the lust of the flesh. The truth of the matter is we're all depraved and sinful. We're not actually objective. We're not neutral. We're in fact depraved and left unaccountable. This is the kind of thing that people will do. It's what people always have done. There is a failure of leadership and there's immense loss as a result. Innocent people suffer. So look, it says that there was no one to rescue them because they were far from Sidon. So if you're watching this on video, I'll show you a map that I'm using with permission from my, my friends at Lifeway. Here's the Mediterranean Sea over here. Here's the Dead Sea right here. The town of Shiloh is going to be mentioned. It's right here. And here's where the tribe of Dan is actually supposed to be as of the book of Joshua. We go all the way up here, and then here is Sidon, way up there. Look how far it is from, say, Jerusalem, okay, where worship would be established uh, under the monarchy of Saul. Here's where Shiloh is, right here in the, the territory of Ephraim or Ephraim. So there's a long way from Shiloh all the way up to Sidon. So the tribe of Dan reasons that because we're way north, way up here, there's no one to hold us accountable. So let's just capitalize on our lack of accountability and let's just take advantage of weaker people. All right. When you have zero accountability in your life, this is what will happen. This is what happened in the book of Judges and it's what happens today. All right. Please don't leave fellowship with your local church. The Danites set up the carved image for themselves. Jonathan, here's the name of this priest that we've been reading about the whole time. And his name is Jonathan. This is a big deal. It's an esteemed name. And actually the rendering of this name, some of the ancient Hebrew manuscripts uh, has an interesting story I'll share with you. Jonathan, son of Gershom, son of Moses, and his sons were the priests for the Danite tribe until the time of the exile from the land. So they set up for themselves Micah's carved image that he had made. And it was there as long as the house of God was in Shiloh. So the house of God was in Shiloh. It's a long way from Sidon. It's a long way from Laish, now known as Dan. And they have set up for themselves. Okay, see that? Set up for themselves. Not actually submitted to an objective truth through revelational epistemology where God said it and he revealed it to us and they submit to it. They have set up their own revelation. And this is futile. This is futile. Jonathan... Man, it's, uh, you know, it's shocking. We finally see his name, and it's Jonathan. He's son of Gershom, who's the son of Moses. This guy was from a really esteemed lineage. In the ancient manuscripts of the Hebrew text, the book of Judges, that are translated into English, uh, where we get our modern translations from, okay, remember that, Bible translations today are not translations of translations. Only one translation I can think of that did that, and that's because it was a Chinese translation of this text, uh, the CSB or its predecessor, the HCSB, because they didn't have the seminary resources and, and that kind of thing to be able to make their own. So they just made a translation of a translation. Other than that, 
translations draw from the original text. In one of the collections of ancient Hebrew manuscripts, there's this interesting note above this name. They could not stand the Bible. The Bible translators or uh, the, the 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 recorders of Scripture and the ones who would produce copies of it uh, revered the task so much they dare not change anything. But they also could not abide Moses' name being used this way, and so they add the Hebrew letter Nun, or sorry, from your perspective, Nun, right above the name Moses, which would render it indistinguishable if it were inserted into the the wording itself from Manasseh, which is a tribe that was also committing acts of idolatry. So they recorded it as is. We can tell that it is indeed uh, Moses, that Jonathan is a descendant of Moses, but they hated the way that this reflected poorly on Moses. Now, this word exile in verse 30, it indicates something about the timing of the events of this text. Uh, This was either, uh, the, the book of Judges must have been recorded after either the... Assyrian exile in 722 BC or the Philistine exile where they took the Ark of the Covenant from Shiloh um, as recorded in 1 Samuel chapter 4. Either way, we know that this indicates that the, the book of Judges is recorded post, uh, post-exile. So they set up for themselves. See that? For themselves. Not for reverence or submission unto God, but for themselves. Micah's carved image that he had made. Look at the futility of this. That guy made his own God. I'm going to take it and set it up for myself. When we get sucked into covetousness, when we get sucked into insane jealousy over someone else's success, and we want their false God to be our own, we kind of do the same thing that these rogue Danites did. They set up for themselves someone else's idol that he made. It wasn't... It wasn't... Uh, a powerful God for Micah in the first place. What makes them think it would be a powerful God for them secondhand? These guys are committing acts of utter idolatry and they're doing so by stealing a man's idols and hiring away, poaching basically, his priest. Now, it sounds like utter insanity and, and it kind of is, but it's not so dissimilar from modern day teachers who just say what people want to hear. Don't ever come to the point where you, as the men in this text, own your own priest, where you own your own pastor. You found someone who says stuff that you like to hear, and that's why you like him. Rather, gauge his sincerity and effectiveness based on his character and his proclamation of the word, because he has no authority in himself. Pastors have authority only insofar as they are true to the biblical text. And even when they are true to the biblical text, they're mere messengers. Okay? So they have no authority on their own. We have no authority by ourselves. All right? I could ask someone to do something and do it or they can't. But if I convey to someone what the Word of God says, they probably should listen. And when they do listen, they're not listening to me. They're listening to God. So... Would you consider this, if you are, are you you're connected to a, a fellowship who basically owns the pastor, would you set the man free? And if you are such a pastor, would you proclaim what the word of God says, no matter how many people leave your church over it, no matter how much they cut your salary over it, believe me, you'd much rather deal with that now than have to answer to God later for how you forsook the truth of his word. So see to it that you don't own your own priest or pastor. 